I'm Anwar. And I'm Fairlith. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to Discast. Good afternoon, Anwar. Hello, hello, Fairlith. How are you? I'm good, and I hope everyone good, else good. is good. How are you? Yes. I'm okay. Uh, I'm I'm still kind of kicking myself. <laughs> no, don't be uh, kicking yourself. Okay, here's what yeah. happened. So, some context. Uh, we know we promised live-action Cinderella. Yes, uh, but I was a bonehead. No! And, <laughs> well, what happened was uh, we recorded the set. We recorded the episode. It was a great episode. And then oh, it was I, all right. <laughs> and then... Uh, I completely forgot to save the entire se- the entire session, and I closed my laptop, and then I woke up the next morning, and I guess my computer had gone through some sort of update or something, and so when I opened it again, because I didn't save uh, the session, the whole session was lost. So, what we're going to do, instead of coming back and doing the, the live-action Cinderella again, and just kind of f- feeling like we're forcing the conversation... Instead, yeah. we're going to do the straight-to-video sequel, Cinderella 2. The next week, we'll do Cinderella 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once we're done the Cinderella trilogy, then we'll go back and do the live-action Cinderella. Just because I feel like that would be better, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so uh, <laughs> what we'll do is... Disney news first. Yes, so Disney news. Uh, this news is still relevant because it literally is still relevant. Um, let's see, uh, the, 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 the big news is that, uh, the Jungle Cruise released their, uh, a second trailer mm-hmm. and the movie looks good. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, um, yeah, ca- like, uh, yeah, it looks like it has serious mummy vibes. Very much so. It definitely feels like a weird kind of Disney remake of the mummy, but I'm not mad about it just cause the mummy is yeah. a great movie. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's got I'm, that vibe. There's no mummies in it. Maybe yeah. there are mummies in it, but I mean, we there don't probably know. will be. Uh, <laughs> uh, but honestly, I'm I'm 100 percent here for just another movie for everyone to have their bisexual awakenings. So, <laughs> the I'm next generation. That's so. The funny. next generation of bisexual awakenings. Fully, fully here for it. Yeah, and I mean, coupled with that, the Jungle Cruise is opening. The new revamped Jungle Cruise will be opening this summer in both Disneyland and uh, Disney World, which is really exciting. Yes. Yeah. So very excited about that. I'm excited to see, because of course I'm going to, I'm going to watch a bunch of the, uh, um, what's it called? The ride throughs on YouTube? Oh yeah, that's my jam. I'm going to spoil everything for myself. Yeah, absolutely. Because the funny thing is, is that like, it doesn't feel like, a spoiler at least not to me mm-hmm. like i don't i don't consider no. it much of a spoiler it is impossible to describe to someone who's never been to a disney theme park how different it is to be there in person and i totally uh-huh. respect people who don't want spoilers but like for me it's it's not the same as, as giving myself a spoiler it's giving myself context of what i want to look at and what my experience is going to be and gives me layers so i'm fine with mm-hmm. it 100 mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um those yes. were the big pieces those were the big pieces of news that i yeah the Remember. Disney Wish has um, released oh, their yes. tickets. Oh yes, and it's you, sold you, out. You, yeah, <laughs> you, you had you were you had uh, you had opinions on that. I do have opinions on that. Okay, here's the deal: is um, they released uh, the tickets to Platinum 
cruise line members before they released it to the public and it sold out but they still released like they still had an official press release and fanfare about tickets officially going on sale which was kind of a shame because it meant none of the proletariat got any tickets yeah you have to go on uh i think 10 disney cruises to be platinum members something crazy like that anyway go ahead yeah oh no just uh you're you're right like i i feel like uh to some degree i understood what they were doing and that they were giving uh what's it called priority to people who have you know put in the time and effort or not effort but like who have basically more or less earned the right to be able to get onto the ship first however mm-hmm. you made a valid point of saying uh that th- what they should have done is they should have set aside a certain number of passes or tickets for the ship for the people who are platinum club members and then had uh, a good portion for just the normies yeah i agree with you i just think that would be really nice it would be yeah a a, a nice gesture yes and yeah i agree completely with that Mm -hmm. but all in all like uh i'm i'm excited to see the ship kind of uh get attention especially because it has such a really strong uh, team and a very diverse team, a very, uh, very uh, heavily female-driven team, which is so cool. Which is great. So yeah, that just makes me happy. That's all. Yeah, it's just kind of <laughs> nice. And yeah. um, yeah, like like I was saying, Avengers Campus opens June fourth. We don't have a lot of details about that. The e-ticket ride won't be open yet, but the Spider-Man Web Slinger ride will be open, and uh, the Sanctum. It's not Sanctum Solarium. What is it? Sanctum Centaurum. Right. Sanctum Solarium is uh, from Venture Brothers. Whoops. Um, <laughs> totally different thing. Yeah. And uh, Pim's Test Kitchen and the Shawarma Cart. So there'll be lots to see. Yes. And, uh, the and then, of course, mm-hmm. uh, and of course, uh, Mission Breakout will be oh, yeah. as well. Of course. Which was there before, but it's uh, going to remain there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Oh, I have another little thing. Um, mm. It is announced that all the resorts in uh, California, I mean, Florida's doing their own thing. And I mean, I, there was never any doubt, but everybody's going to be doing their Halloween programming. So Universal Studios, Hollywood Horror Nights, Not Scary Farm, and Oogie Boogie Bash is back for its second year because its inaugural inaugural year was 2019. So I'm very excited. Ah. And I bought a ticket to Oogie Boogie Bash. And then I bought a Snow White dress. I'm going. <laughs> Yay! That's going to be exciting. I'm yeah. I'm very I'm very happy to see that those kinds of things uh, are, you know, just kind of getting back to normal, and they're able to make those kinds of plans, especially this far this far ahead. Yeah, well, I mean, they have to make the plans far ahead, or else how are they going to populate their parade? Yeah. <laughs> I am so excited for the Oogie Boogie Bash Parade. I know we have to move on and talk about Cinderella, but I was watching videos of it because I wanted to make sure it was worth the extra cost. And oh my gosh, it looks so amazing. It's led by Ichabod Crane and then the headless horseman who's walking along on a real black stallion with pumpkin head in his hand. It's a villain themed parade. Like, oh, it looks so amazing. There's immersive trick-or-treating trails where villains greet you. Oogie Boogie, Dr. Facilier, Mad Hatter, who's debatably a villain, but is my favorite Disneyland-faced character. So I'm mm-hmm. really, really excited. Meeting Alice and the Mad Hatter, my favorite favorite thing at Disneyland Park. So I'm just That does stoked. sound exciting. I, yeah. li- I, li- I like that. I like that they're bringing Ichabod and, and, the, and uh, the Headless Horseman. 
Me too. It was so neat. Um, I love parade versions of characters because they're often like fancier than the face character versions of costumes. You see characters you might not otherwise see. Mm. Um, I guess because the face characters have to be able to be like very efficiently laundered and dried in washing machines. But like the elaborate versions of the costumes in parades really blow my mind. So I'm really excited. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good Ooh, point. And they have a special villain-themed World of Color show as well. Um, Oogie Boogie Bash, of course, takes place at California Adventure. And uh, they turn the um, the uh, the trail, what's it called? The one, um, oh, now I, I, just, I was just thinking of it right before I said this. It's the one near the Grizzly River Rapids. Um, they turn it into an immersive villain-themed oh, light yes. show trail. The Red Creek That's Challenge cool. Trail? Well, I'll, I'll find out and I'll, I'll let you know. But um, I, know what, it, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It looks amazing. The amount of stuff they have. They also have shows for kids that are they're very child-oriented, but they look really cool. Yeah. Just, you know, for kids. Yeah, that's really cool. I don't think I I've ever know. actively, like, looked for videos of Oogie Boogie's Bash. But, uh, well... It, it, it only happened the one time, so I mean. Yeah, but, that's, but like that's really, really good. That's really yeah, cool, right? It's it's good bathtub viewing. It's it's really like family friendly. Spoopy is like my favorite aesthetic. You have to understand. Like I don't like watching Saw really, but yeah. if I'll watch anything that is um, kind of a spooky aesthetic, like the Adams Family, all day long, every day of the year. So it's always been my dream to be able to go to a Disney Halloween party, and uh, I guess I'll report back. That's exciting. We're we're definitely going to need to get your, uh, well, to, to hear what you have to say after you get back from that because that's definitely going to be have a lot to say. <laughs> we're gonna have, we're gonna like dedicate like a whole hour of the of the podcast Woo! just to that. That'd be so much fun. Gosh, that's great. Um, and then and then next year we can go together. Yes, and the next time. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's. Well, that's pretty much it for the Disney news. Uh, yeah. Those were like the big, big, big main topics. Exactly. Uh, and so now we're going to discuss Cinderella 2 Dreams Come True. All right. Which was okay. It was <laughs> it was an anth- it, it was an anthology movie, but the thing yeah. that I kind of liked about it was the fact that they that they more or less justified the anthologiness of the film. Yeah, it was all right. Kind of. I mean, you know, it's it's cute. It's like the my uh you basically have Jacques and Gus rushing yes, yes. to the library for fairy godmother who is just now present and I has guess. no name still still no name we but just it's call fine. her fairy godmother <laughs> um but she's present in there and uh fairy godmother was reading the story of cinderella to the other mice but then jacques and gus gus arrive and they missed it and they're like well are there any other stories and they're like why don't we tell them our stories and everything and so yeah. that's kind of how they justify the anthologiness of this film it's fine it's fine. It's 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 cute. And then they they their whole thing is they want to make a book based off of their stories and give it to Cinderella as a as a gift, which I, which I think is cute. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's go through each of these different stories individually. Okay. Oh, so, first I have a little comment on the cast, if you don't mind. Oh um, yes, go for it. Two of the three Animaniacs are in this film. Yes, yeah. I immediately i I knew I recognized his voice mm-hmm. when when I heard the Grand Duke. I was like, I know this voice. Why is his voice? And then in the second story, when uh, when Jacques becomes human, Jacques, yeah, I was he's like, Jacques. I, yeah, 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 I was like, oh, like I know that voice. I know that voice. And then, and then when, the baker too. 
Yeah, and then when Anastasia's because she's in the third story, when Anastasia's yeah. in there, I'm like, I recognize this voice too. And so I had, yeah. and so when I was looking it up, it's you know, yeah, it's Rob Paulson who plays uh, Jacques the Grand Duke, the Baker, and uh, Tress things. McNeil. Who yeah, is so cool. Dot. dot. Um, and and then, like yeah, I love them. I love them both. I, I've always loved Animaniacs. And then um, Rusi Taylor is the fairy godmother and Drizella, which is awesome because she was the voice of Minnie Mouse until she died. So it was nice to have a Disney mm. legend in there. That's Super good. cool. Yeah. yeah. And Frank Welker uh, was animal noises because I guess that's just kind of what he does. He was Lucifer, <laughs> Pom Pom, and Bruno. That's uh, so funny. Uh, but yeah. And so like a pretty solid cast. Yeah. Yeah, I I, uh, I mean the cast was solid. I was um I was disappointed in the quality of the animation, but the budget it's like the fault of the budget, not the animators. Yeah, I mean like um, I, I I could see that they were like trying to they were trying really really hard. I think to basically yeah. be like yeah this is you know the same look and style of the original. And it's like is it now. No. Is it though? They also made Cinderella much blonder. And um, similar to my problem with Cinderella's dress being silver and not blue, in the original animation, she was strawberry blonde closer to red. And they have retconned her to being blonde. Just blonde, Mm. yellow blonde, which is fine, but maybe not as interesting. Yeah. Uh, Um, So, yeah, so this first story uh, basically is just all about. Cinderella's like first day at the castle after having come back from the honeymoon with the prince who again we don't we still don't have a name for he's barely even present that's true he's like not even there and like admittedly and admittedly the writing isn't really all that great or memorable no um (laughs) i i should be honest i took notes the equivalent of live tweeting into this document of my feelings and impressions as the this movie (laughs) happened um so my note i have two notes for the opening of this sequence um which is about Cinderella's first day at the palace. First of all, her pink dress she comes back from the honeymoon in is the same as her silver dress, but worse. It's the exact <laughs> same design until the dress, like the skirt. It's it's even got the line up the bodice. She's got the same choker. She's got the same hairband. And that is a reoccurring theme in this movie. She wears the exact same dress as her ball gown like three times. Yeah, I did notice that. <sighs> the, oh, the, the the missed opportunities. But um, building on what you said, this short confirms that Cinderella and the prince got married without getting to know each other at all, which is actually nebulous in the 1950 movie. Like, it, it jumps mm-hmm. forward to their wedding, but it doesn't say they got married the next day. This implies that they basically got married the next day and know nothing about each other and spent the whole honeymoon just doing it. Well, I mean, I don't think it's that they don't know anything about each other because admittedly you don't see a whole lot of interaction between the prince and Cinderella. That's what fair. it is, is it's more that Cinderella doesn't really understand the going on the goings on and the more yeah. intricate, you know. But like how does she not how does she agree to get married without finding out like what the deal was? Like that's what's weird to me. And that and in that I will agree. It's like how yeah, like you're so you realize you're becoming a royal, and with that will come certain responsibilities. Like eating and stewed prunes, apparently. Apparently. And then, like, it is, it would have been the prince's job to basically be like, okay, here's the world that you're going to be stepping into. There are certain yeah. expectations. There are certain traditions that we do and blah, blah, blah. And That's so the why fact- I'm surprised, right? Why didn't yeah. they talk about it? And so the fact that she kind of went into it without knowing anything 
yeah. is kind of shocking. And it is. So it's like, yeah, like I don't know. It's just <laughs> it's very strange. It, it's just very weird. It's like Well, it's you the did... writing, like you say. Yeah. And you it's know. Yeah, because like I feel like I feel like she should have had at least some inkling of what was going on. Yeah, it's unbelievable that she inkling. doesn't. Like, she might go and, and, like, she might know and then be like, these traditions are dumb. But, like, it's weird that she has no knowledge. Um, but then, like, it's 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 just very strange writing. They've made Cinderella very strange. Like, what she doesn't know and what she does know and what she thinks in this. Like, mm. why doesn't she want or deserve a break from doing chores? Why doesn't she want that? I don't get it. Yeah, like, you'd think that she would feel, like, because they come they come to her room like the morning after the prince and king have fucked off somewhere to do state yeah. stuff and they and uh the whoever that lady is i don't know who she is and then i guess her ladies in waiting basically come into the room they find that bruno is the one that's sleeping in the bed and not cinderella because cinderella is in the kitchen making breakfast why and it's, and it's like okay i mean i i guess i kind of understand in the sense that she's been doing it for so long it's probably just she she has basically become so self-sufficient that she just can't yeah break out break out of that habit or she feels guilty or something but like i feel like part of the moral of the original cinderella is like this girl deserves a break 100 percent, i agree which which is yeah which is why i was kind of like it, it was so easy for her to kind of fall back into those old habits yeah. even though even though i feel like on the honeymoon let's say let's just kind of uh i guess just think about the honeymoon for a second oh okay is the fact that uh <laughs> in between all in between all the sex that they were probably having uh wow. the, the well is the <laughs> fact that the i feel like the prince would have kind of tried to hopefully break those uh, instincts that Cinderella would have in the in being such a serving person. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, right. So and it's I, like you know, like whether yeah. she just she just oh yeah. Sorry, I I don't mean to talk over you. I just this was so weird to me and a little upsetting. Honestly, mm. I didn't like it. Yeah, like I get I get Cinderella wanting to be wanting to remain self sufficient. I understand her wanting to still be her own person because that is more or less the moral of this particular story yeah. is that she's she has all of these things that are thrown at her that are quote unquote simply not done, as is said by the by the old lady person. I don't, Prudence. Don't know who she, Prudence. Thank you. I couldn't remember her name. Yeah, it's because I have a note here that says Prudence is so fired. Uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> But yeah, and so like uh, after everything, that's kind of, basically Prudence is wanting to change Cinderella who she is at at her core, and Cinderella is like, I don't want that, and so I'm gonna do things my way. And in that, I that's great. I can understand, and in that, I think is great. Yeah. However, I do also see what you mean in that, like there are certain things that she could have done differently. In that, she could have been like. I'm living a, an entirely different life in which I don't need to be at everybody's beck and call anymore. Yeah, like exactly. I don't, I don't need to go down to the kitchen at the crack of at the ass crack of dawn to make <laughs> breakfast for people. Yeah, right? and I don't and like, like the thing that's not my job. that she wants to do that for people. That like I think that cheapens what she was doing in the original movie. It's weird to me. Like she's been abused by her family since she was a child and like they've retconned it to her kind of liking doing that stuff, which is bizarre to me. Uh it's a little Stockholmy. 
It's a little Stockholmy, Anwar. That is exactly what it is. Uh, here, well, here's another thing. I'm so glad I took these notes. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, she says, couldn't I just wear one of my own dresses? First of all, the pink puff sleeve princess dress with the hoop skirt is cute, but also she had no problem wearing a big gown to the ball, which clearly had a hoop skirt underneath it. She had no problem wearing a bright pink princess gown back from the honeymoon. It makes no sense. All of these problems are manufactured. Girl yeah, loves a princess dress. And But I think part of that is because she she's having all these other people push these dresses on her. Yeah. Rather than her making her own decision, and I think, and I think that's ultimately what was the big uh, thing of this particular story is that yeah. Cinderella just wants to remain being her own person. I now, agree. Do, I, ju- now, I just think it could have been told better. Yeah, and that's the thing is that I think you're right. I think the writing could have just been better and made it perhaps I don't know maybe more clear, yeah. or maybe they could have uh, changed it so that you know maybe she didn't want to do everything and every like anything and everything all by herself and like actually like be like hey this per it's this person's job to make the breakfast relax let this person do their job yeah or like she could see that the servants are having a hard time and she organizes it so everyone at the palace has to practice cooking so they know what a hard job it is for example that would be cool um But now we're getting into into territory of like potentially making it even longer than just the simple short that it was, because yeah. I think it was because I feel like the I feel like that story can only really be told in a longer length because these these shorts are only like what 15, 20 minutes long if that absolutely and I, I mean I agree with you I'm just thinking like it could have been more interesting that way to me at yeah. least yeah because oh, otherwise well. otherwise this is just basically her. You know, fighting back against the system that she voluntarily joined to become part of. Yeah. You know, and like I, I, I understand the whole like this story or this more or not even moral, but like this whole narrative of bringing us us uh, a fresh pair of eyes and changing traditions so that they mm-hmm. feel better and they feel more modern and all this other stuff. And I get that. I get yeah. that. But again, it it. I don't know, maybe maybe it does kind of almost feel a little bit detrimental just to her character, just to Cinderella at at, at her at her core. Yeah. Her Honestly, I hadn't thought of this before, but the idea of Cinderella making the nobles appreciate the toil of the people taking care of them would actually be a movie I would love to see. Yes, because that's a whole other thing. And like I think I think that that definitely could have been pushed more with her wanting to invite the commoners to yeah. Alice more. Yeah. yeah, he's like, it's oh, like, like they, yeah. They her wanting to, br- yeah, her wanting to break down those walls of the classism, and yeah. just kind of like recognizing that, like, yeah, like these people are my friends. These people are hard workers. Like, these people deserve a good time because of what they do, and because these people are, you know, sure they they from what we gather, this kingdom is very well off. They're very, you know. The people don't exactly live in... Everyone's doing great. Well, yeah. I mean, like, like superficially, it looks like everyone's doing okay. Nobody's, you know, nobody's overtly poor. All these people look okay, you know. So that's, you know... Yeah. That in and of itself is a fairy tale. But uh, but I, I still see Cinderella wanting to be able to show these nobles the fact that, like, these people... Are, these people work with their hands like their hands are dirty their hands are worn they're tired because this is what they do and they deserve a chance like i did 
to just come to an event and have a good time and let loose and relax. Totally. Right? Agree. So, so yeah. Um, Here's a thought. Um, yeah. So Cinderella has these friends, and one of them is the baker, which is weird because later she doesn't seem to know him. But anyway, because he – did they even give him a name? No, they just call him the baker. All right. Well, From what I remember. At least that's what it says in the credits. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't think they gave him a name. Um, but she has friends. But I thought – I really thought, and maybe I'm wrong, so let me know what you think. Part of the thing about Cinderella is she doesn't have friends. That's why her friends are the animals, right? Like in the live action especially, yeah. it's apparent. She doesn't know anybody. She doesn't go out. Yeah. So. That was – that. that is a very – like in my head, I feel like she only referred to them as – her friends because she would see them whenever she went to the village to do her market shopping that's fair yeah and in that sense you know she would have interacted with these people but ultimately i don't think they were like her close close friends totally okay yeah yeah i see that i i yeah totally i take it back more more distant friends social acquaintances Mm -hmm. than anything else so awesome yeah Yeah, no but you make a good point with that yeah yeah, and then the then the story ends with uh, this the big ball that she was meant to plan. Uh, it happens. A bunch of changes have happened. Like for example, she opened the curtains. God forbid she let some sunlight. They opened the, the curtains. What a rebel! I know, right? Like what the hell? Uh, she <laughs> changes the dessert from stewed prunes to chocolate pudding. Uh, I mean, chocolate pudding, lady. Come on, how old are like, we? I mean, chocolate pudding's great. I, don't know I know, but really, like that's the dessert. That's the that's the dessert that changed the king's mind is chocolate pudding. This movie is clearly meant for children. Yeah, let's be honest. Stewed prunes. Um, Stewed prunes. I can't believe it. I can't. Uh, what other crazy things? Oh, uh, she, she her dress is different than what they originally gave her. But again, it's mm-hmm. based. It looks very similar to her ball dress. Yeah, she's You're like, right. I want to wear my own dresses. They're all exactly the same in different <laughs> colors. Please. <laughs> She has an aesthetic. Yeah. Um, well, here's one. The king's personality entirely changed when he got hit on the head with a pudding tureen and no one took him to the hospital. So that's pretty uh, funny. Yeah. yeah, that is pretty funny. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's oh, just yeah, about no. it. Uh, it for me, yeah. Yeah. What? Oh, yeah. And of course, uh, she allowed the commoners to celebrate at the event as well. And admittedly, like all the commoners, like I, I keep saying commoners, but just the town, the village people. Well, oh, they vill- called the them commoners. Folk. Yeah, um, but the normal people all came and they all came in like nice and dressed and everybody looked good. Nobody looked weird, like, you know, nobody looked shabby. So it was like, yeah. Anyway, so that's, so that was the first one. So that was the first story. Yeah, Cinderella waited till the prince was gone and changed all the rules of the kingdom and no one got mad at her about it. Or at the very least, at the very least of this particular ball. Changed the rules of this particular ball. That's fair. Um... She opened the curtains. She did. He, the king has never seen the moon. I know, which is just hilarious to me. Yeah, you think oh, I'm oh. making a joke? No, like he saw the moon and he was like, oh my God, it's the moon. It was insane. Yeah, I don't know. Like who doesn't just open the goddamn curtains? Not, I don't know. <laughs> it's just weird. Anyway, yeah. so story number two in this whole anthology is- Oh my uh, God. Revolves around Jock. Jack, Jack. Also, we keep calling him Jacques, or I keep calling him Jacques, but in the film, his they call him Jack, and I don't like it. It's just an Americanized version. It's a call back to the 1950s. I'm sure, like, it should have been Jacques always. Yeah, I don't like Jack. Me neither. I just don't like, I, I prefer Jacques. Anyway. Um, well, were Jacques and Mary the Mouse in a relationship in the first movie? Because I feel nope. like, wow. <laughs> They're nope. dating. Okay, they just well, decided just... to 
make that a thing. Yeah. Because reasons, I guess. I don't know. Well, you it heard served, it here like, first. like, no purpose. No purpose. Uh, Gus Gus and um, Jacques' bromance is just not as big of a thing as Jacques and Mary the Mouse's relationship. I guess they wanted more... I don't know. Like, Mary the Mouse could have been in it without there being romantic representation. I don't know. I don't know the Absolutely. I mean, she she's literally in every other story, and there's no romantic connection between the two except for just this one story and so again it's like this is weird and unnecessary and you it, and it serves no purpose and there's no payoff yeah it's very, so why very do strange. it <laughs> so why do it it's dumb don't do it <laughs> anyway that's just a, that's just a general gripe that i have i guess just whenever 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 writers try and like force relationships yeah and it's and like it, yeah instead of just letting them happen naturally yep you know like i don't know like i feel better i feel better about the relationship between cinderella and the prince because weirdly enough because i i feel like it happened i feel like it happened more naturally than this one did than the relationship between jacques and mary like, what if, like, you know, Gus Gus got the flu, so Jacques had to go hang out with someone else, and Mary Mouse was available, and they had, like, a great, like, friendship time, and then that they fell in love during it. Like, great. Then we yeah. settled it. Um, like, but you I, just need to give yeah. it time. You need to give it time to build and actually make it worth it. Anyway. Totally. But basically, okay. this whole thing is... <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because, like, in this talk already, I'm kind of like, I, 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 I really did. I guess I didn't like this movie as as much as I thought I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> I wrote a lot of really critical notes, but it was no, it was and fun. that's fine because you're right. Like, all these things are these are all these are all things that we that we found issues that we found with this film. Um, well, here's something good. Cinderella's mm. riding outfit is cute as hell, and I would wear it. Which one's her riding outfit? She wears it to ride the horse. It's blue. She wears a lot of like very Belle, um, Beauty of the Beast like costumes in this, but it's really cute. Check it out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like when she's off, like preparing for the festival. Yeah. 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 No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Like the the, the the outfits that they gave her. Yeah. It's funny because like in this story, the outfits that she's wearing that aren't a ball gown are nicer than the outfits that she was wearing that aren't ball gowns in the previous story. Hundred percent. Which I just think is funny, because it's well, like. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> anyway, she was in rags in the previous movie. No, I mean, like literally, like in the story before, where she's. Oh, make, oh, planning, oh! I see what you mean. Yeah, she's finding the ball because mm-hmm. in in that story, the outfit that she wears the entire time that isn't a big ball gown is basically just her scullery maid outfit. Yeah, it's which very weird. is funny. But then in this one, in the one that where the story revolves around Jacques, it's they're actually like really nice clothes. Yeah. Oh, I agree with you there. Yeah, totally. Which which um, I just thought was interesting. Like, why didn't they do that before? But I guess it's to serve the narrative. I don't know. I mean, this could, this could have used a dramaturg. Anyway, um, <laughs> I really think the music in this movie is tonally weird. What do you think? Uh, admittedly, I didn't really notice. Well, that says it all, doesn't it? I mean, like, yeah, doesn't it, though? I mean, like... (laughs) (laughs) Nothing memorable? Not really. The only time it was really memorable was, like, at the very end of the movie when the mice have finished their book and they're bringing it to to Cinderella and they sing Boobity-Bobbity-Boo. Which is nice. Which is nice. But then other than that, I'm like, no. The the songs, to me, had kind of a weird Randy Newman kind of vibe, which I like Randy Newman, but it was just tonally strange. 
Um, yes. I'm not even saying the songs are bad, just totally strange. They were performed by Brooke Allison. Interesting. Yeah. She's <laughs> apparently from Fort Worth, Texas. All right. Uh, she is. She has been present from the years 2000 until now. So I guess she's still doing stuff. That's good. Even though her discography is like one album in 2001, a couple singles in that same year. And then she's which she's with the Beach Girls with a five at the end instead of an S, but oh wow, until, but only between two thousand nine and two thousand eleven. Sounds real cool. Yeah, so I guess like I feel like this was like her big thing. Well, good for her. Good for her. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, give a listen to the songs, um, dear listeners, from Cinderella two, and be prepared to be like what. Yeah, because they are they are just weird. They're just strange songs. I they didn't really stick with me. Yeah, no. So they're I'm not like, iconic eh. in that way they should be. But also, it's Cinderella too. I how many people have watched this? Maybe just yeah. us. Yeah, <laughs> we are the only ones who ever watched this movie. Yeah. Uh, apparently, it had a budget of five million dollars, which kind of says it all. Really, I mean, that's not a very high budget. Oh my god, if I had five million dollars, I'd do better than this. In anyway. 2002, in 2002, a budget oh, of five yeah, million dollars. Wow. Like five million dollars is how much the, the original cost almost. Yeah, that's, that is, wow. That's Why? a bit of a, like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh... <laughs> anyway, um, uh, where were we? Oh, oh yeah, so this whole second story. Okay, tell us the story. Basically, Jacques gets fed up with being a mouse. Yeah, fair he, enough. He's like, he's like, I want to help Cinderella, but I can't because I'm a mouse, so I'm too small to do anything, and nothing I do matters, and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So he wishes to the fairy godmother to become human. Then he becomes human. And then he realizes that being human is not all that great because basically he still has problems. So it's like, Sure. <laughs> And then he realizes that it's better just to be himself, which is just a mouse. But here's the issue, Anwar. Mice live for two years. Why would you want to be a mouse? Apparently not in this universe. That, oh my God. I it, <laughs> that, it bothered me the whole time. I was like, you want to live for two years instead of living for 90 years? You are crazy, sir. That's funny. Um, oh, well. <laughs> I, I mean, like... Uh, I guess the moral of this of this story is just to be yourself. Yeah. Don't change who you are and just be mm-hmm. you and be there for your friends. Yep. That's I mean, a, that's fine. Yeah, that's a cute moral. But I have more thoughts. What are your uh, what are your other thoughts? All right. Well, one, Rob Paulson plays the Duke and Human Jacques, which is very funny because they talk to each other a lot. Yeah. Yeah, there's a <laughs> lot that's very funny. Yeah, there's a lot of cross uh, crossover between their two voices and it's great. But it's funny because Rob Postle is just so goddamn good. He's the, so good. The, he's They're still distinctive. Oh, yeah. Like the two oh, voices absolutely. are still distinctively different. No problem at all. No problem. No criticism. It's just funny and like a, a cute little yeah. Easter egg to watch anytime the yeah. Duke and Human Jock are talking to each other. It's the same guy. Yeah. Um. Okay. So there's this quote when um, he says Zug Zug to the mice and the duke is like oh i haven't heard that expression before and jacques says it's french he says oh french is it that explains everything cinderella is set in france 
<laughs> I double checked. Uh, yeah, you double and triple checked last time. Yes, it's set in France. It's set in France. It's a French story. <laughs> I just, the script, here, I don't want to talk about myself on the podcast, but it makes me, it makes me really mad because I'm, I'm a playwright and I, I really work hard on, on learning about writing. It makes me really mad when someone gets the chance to write something like this and they could have made it really special and fantastic and the jokes are lazy and they don't make sense and they're incongruous with the world. And I'm just like, you have this amazing career and this amazing opportunity. Why? Makes me mad. I, I'm sorry, I just don't, I just, it's just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, (laughs) I'm just not, I'm just very, I was just very whelmed with, with this particular story. I was whelmed too. I was like, I was like, all right, this is kind of cute, but also kind of just meh. Yeah. Well, I mean, the plot is one like, when is this set? There's a Ferris wheel. But anyway, the plot is resolved because <laughs> elephants are afraid of mice. So Jacques heroically turns back into a mouse to frighten the elephant. What? That yep. is the resolution to this story? That's not even true. Elephants aren't even afraid of mice. I looked that up too. They're not. It's They're fake. not afraid, but for some reason they will avoid them. Well, I mean, anyone's going to avoid them, but it's it. I, I'm I'm just kidding. Like, it doesn't matter whether the fact is true or not. I just can't believe that is the reason they had for Jacques yeah. to turn back into a mouse. It's just a very so arbitrary he could frighten reason. an elephant. So he could frighten an elephant. What? No, I can't. It's yeah. I just I don't know. Like this, this movie is just really really underwhelming. I'm so. And it, and it's I didn't just mean like, to break your illusion. No, no, not at all. I was, I was never really like, like, not like I was over the moon about this movie either. But it's just, it, it, I, I don't know. It's just I never, I didn't really. It, it isn't until now when we actively discuss the movie that things like this actually process in my head. Because I'm very, I'm very much the kind of person that I go into things with, I don't really go into things with expectations unless I'm actively, actively excited about it. Totally. And, uh, and so for me, I find it very easy to like things. I find it very easy to like film. And so like when, like in watching stuff, like I find that uh, the people, like friends, friends that I'll talk to that are generally very hypercritical of things. They'll be like, oh, this movie was shit because of this reason. And I'm like, I kind of just, I, I, I liked it. I mean, like, for okay, prime example, just recently the movie Army of the Dead came out on Netflix, Ooh. which is that which was that zombie movie uh, with, that starred Dave Bautista and Tig Notaro, where, like, they all just go on a oh, money yeah. heist in Vegas. And, right. like, a bunch, uh, a, a bunch of friends that I saw on Facebook had all watched it before I did, and they all, we were all basically saying that it was terrible and it was shit. And I watched it and I was like, I don't hate this movie. Like this movie is not I I didn't think it was all that bad. Like yeah. was it was it great? Not really, but it also wasn't that fancy of a film. It was a pretty standard this is a zombie movie. People are trying to rob a safe. Yeah. People get pe- <laughs> like people get eaten. Well, it's I like, mean I'm with you. I like liking things. I I wouldn't uh, analyze so hard if not for the podcast itself, you know. Yeah, but at the same time this isn't all this also isn't like killing this franchise for me either. 
right? Because admittedly, yeah. like, like there's a reason this was a straight to video sequel. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, <laughs> because the because we have the original, we have the 1950s Cinderella film, which is brilliant, which is great, and I love it. And that's that's the movie that I stick to, right? Yeah. And so when it comes to things like sequels, I'm I'm very I'm a little more just generally blah about them because they're almost never as good as the as good as the first ones. It's very rare whenever you get ones that are better. Right. I can only think of like maybe a, a, a small handful of films that are actually better that have sequels that are better than the first ones. And yeah. like and so for this one, I, I, I guess I kind of went into it knowing like this is going to be kind of meh. It's an anthology movie. They're going to just be mini stories. Let's just see what happens. We'll deal with it. And yeah. And all in all, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of meh. Uh, yeah, and this and fine. Yeah. But. Going into this third story, the one featuring Anastasia, yes. I think this one was my favorite of the three. Me too. I have lots and, of thoughts, and many and are I'm, positive. <laughs> yes, and I'm glad that they left it last. Yeah. Because admittedly, if they had done this one first, like this this Anastasia story first, and yeah. then done the other two, yeah. I feel like it would have just been it would have just been a downward slope for the whole movie. Yeah, that yeah. would not have been any good. Yeah. And so this movie, this this third story revolves around an, uh, Anastasia, basically. Mm-hmm. And Tressa McNeil. Tressa McNeil. And it's inter- it was kind of cool to see the life of Anastasia Drizella and Lady Tremaine after the events of Cinderella becoming the princess. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to kind of see that they're more or less still kind of just living their lives. You know, Lady Tremaine still has high hopes for her daughters. She's still uh, she's still a, a, a bitter, manipulative bitch, but you know. Yeah. You she know. also yells in this, which I think she's a lot scarier in the original when she doesn't yell. Oh, yeah. No, th- her character is entirely different in this one. Yeah. I noticed. And I was like, I don't think I like it. Yeah, it's really just not as menacing. I think people forget when they're telling stories that menace is more frightening than anger because you can't go past anger very easily. Yeah. And so it was, uh, but yeah, so basically you just have, you have the three of them uh, receiving the announcement that there's going to be another ball at the, uh, at the palace, but and it's funny because I, I think it's either this story or the one before it. Uh, oh no, I think it's this one um, where Cinderella. Oh no, it's the one before when Cinderella get receives the list for the festival, mm-hmm. and Cinderella makes a point of saying, "We throw a lot of parties, don't we?" And I was just like, "That's yeah, that's that's quite fun." Because again, in the third one, it's another party, mm-hmm. and I just thought that was a funny little tongue in cheek moment. Um, yeah, I agree. And so, yeah, so now we have uh, Lady Tremaine and the sisters are off to the market to go shop for, uh, I think they go shopping for dresses. Or yes, they're going to, to find dresses. outfits for the ball. Yes, because Lady Tremaine's whole thing is she wants to marry them off to very fancy rich lords and everything. Yeah, and dudes. And then, yes. <coughs> Pardon me. I thought it was and, really funny, actually, when she said, I'll marry you to a duke. And I'm like, oh, the ship has sailed. That duke is gay. Oh, yeah. Yup. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah. And then uh, so they're in the village. And then Anastasia, you can tell, is just kind of uh, 
I what I like about this is that they made Anastasia her uh, very much her own character. Yeah. Because in the original, she's more or less just kind of the second, like the the other half of the coin to Drizella. Like Drizella and Anastasia are kind of the same character, more or less. Mm-hmm. They just yes. happen to be they just happen to be foils for Cinderella, more or less. Absolutely. Whereas in this one, I really like that they that they gave her her own personality. They gave her her own story. They gave her her own drive and purpose, which I really. She was liked. cute. Yeah, all she she just wants love. She just wants romance. And, Who doesn't? Right, and I think that's very very sweet. And you can you you immediately can tell that from the fact that she has this music box open that shows Cinderella and the prince dancing, and. I just thought that that was very, very cute. And I was like, yeah. all right, like, like my, my initial reaction, of course, is, you know, do these people even deserve happiness with the way that they treated her? But then as you see the story go, you realize that Anastasia really is just of she's just another victim. Yeah. And I, I will take victim. that retcon. Yeah. And, and because it makes sense. Yeah. Because I agree. Uh, because you see that Lady Tremaine is so is so like focused controlling and she's so focused on class yeah, so focused she, on class right yeah. and she's like that that she doesn't care she doesn't care what her daughters want because what matters is what she thinks that they want which is in reality what she herself wants mm-hmm. right she wants high power she wants high position she wants high class yeah but then Anastasia meets the baker, and then they have their little meet cute, and it's great, and it's adorable. Also, can we talk about this baker for a second? Because he oh my god, was he's adorable. my dream man. Oh my he was gosh, adorable. Yes, serious. Oh, what did I write? I wrote, okay, the baker has serious Samwise Gamgee vibes. He's sexy <laughs> AF. That's what I wrote. <laughs> yeah, like the baker is adorable. He has that cute, dor- he has that cute dorky face. Yeah, he has those big meaty hands. Those great big arms that adorable belly that i just want to rub yeah like and he bakes like and he bakes that's the that's it he's perfect the man has a business he's an entrepreneur yeah he owns his own business Uh, he He has day-old cupcakes at the end of every day (laughs) why not those cupcakes have to go somewhere hell yeah (laughs) might as well go in my mouth yeah Uh, (laughs) Uh, but yeah, like, and so like, I, I, I just thought it was very cute how they, how they met. And of course, Cinderella just happens to be there at the same time because she's off doing something. Okay. Here's the thing. She's going to find a garland of roses to give to the prince, which is hilarious to me. But anyway, she's wearing her old torn apron. It has a big tear up the front. And I'm like, why did you save your servant clothes from your abusive family? (laughs) Why didn't you get a different apron? It's so silly. Mm. Um, and she says she's in disguise, but her entire face is just out. I don't know. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> but Although, um, it's hmm? no, sorry, no, you you go first. Oh no, I was I was digressing. You go ahead. I was gonna say, it, although I did think that it was funny that in the first story when she's making the breakfast, uh, Prudence comes down, doesn't even recognize her. Yeah. Well, to be fair, Prudence doesn't know her. That's true. But it, but to your point of the fact that Cinderella had her whole face out in the open. But because of what she was wearing was different, would probably throw people off because that's exactly yeah. what happened to Prudence. Fair but enough. But anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, so um, 
what I was going to say is, uh, so Cinderella, like, she sees the meet cute between the baker and Anastasia. Mm-hmm. And then she's talking to the mice and she's like, they're in love. I'm like, they haven't even said any words to each other. What is Cinderella's problem with falling in love instantly? Like, oh my gosh. So At weird. Most- at most that there's like that initial attraction that you feel with someone like sure you know it's not but that's not quite love that's that initial like oh there's something there and then but then you know they run i think anastasia like runs away or something i can't remember yeah. oh yeah oh no she gets called away because lady tremaine and drizella come to the bakery yep. and then basically like shit all over the baker for no reason and that's what was weird to me too she's like everything in here is inferior i'm like how many bakeries are there in this kingdom you want to get blacklisted from this bakery okay no but like she was calling him inferior and it's like why is he inferior because he's a baker because he owns his own business because he has a trade what the fuck are you doing like your your daughters are clearly like in their late 20s or at least early 30s like let them get married if they meet a guy with a business like it's fine but also what skills do you have (laughs) honestly you can't do (laughs) shit for yourself it's true so why are you shitting on this guy who's clearly you know made something of himself i don't understand that Anyway, yeah. that I just no, that's, that's I just a whole that's just a whole fucking classist bullshit thing that I don't like. Yeah, so not necessary. Um, no, a, a little comment I have that I forgot to mention earlier. I feel mm-hmm. like no one likes Lucifer. Anastasia doesn't like him. Drizella doesn't like him. Lady Tremaine doesn't like him. We know Cinderella doesn't like him. This poor cat. No wonder he's an asshole. Nah, <laughs> I mean, well, no, that's mm. pretty fair. Um, what was I gonna say? I was gonna say, oh, uh, the whole classes thing. Uh, while I, in, well, in general, on the whole, I don't like, but also does fully make sense with Lady Tremaine's character, and so that just that's just kind of adding that's more stoking the fire as to why I don't like her. But it it still does kind of change her. It changes her a little bit as a villain, I think, and it changes her a little bit as uh, as like as someone who is belonging of that pantheon of great disney villains i think yeah because because the uh this version of lady tremaine i feel like is so easily unlikable on the surface and you're just like oh yeah no fuck this bitch rather than (laughs) rather than in the original where you're like actively almost terrified of her yeah skeeved out don't want to cross her like no thank you yeah, it's gotcha. so, like the two feel so different. They yeah. feel so different. Yeah. I completely agree. Different characters completely. Yeah. Um, I like Anastasia's little bonnet, by the way. I love her hat. Yeah, it was very A plus cute. hat. Yeah, A plus hat. A uh, plus hat. Yes, mm-hmm. I do think it was cute when uh, when Cinderella was trying to or was trying to like arrange another meet cute for them and ended up getting a horse kicking anastasia right into the bakery and destroying the whole thing like way to go cinderella but like i agree it was really cute (laughs) yeah yeah whoops i do think it was very fun and cute to kind of see more interaction between the two of them but on a different level i agree i was like i i thought it was really nice yeah because it was nice for cinderella to kind of come forward and like want to help her stepsister well i mean like yeah no technically still stepsister uh 
and doing it out of just like a place of love and Anastasia original, orig- of course, being reluctant to that, but then eventually, you know, not succumbing isn't the right word mm-hmm. because she, it's not like she's doing it out of, uh, it's not like she's being forced to it, but like she, she eventually just kind of accepts the kindness. And I think that's partly yeah. because Anastasia's known almost no kindness like just yeah. genuine kindness. Mm-hmm. So So yeah. yeah, but then and that whole interaction with like Cinderella basically like kind of trying to reteach Anastasia not even just manners but just how to how, smile and like how just how to be a decent person. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, and I did, I, I like that whole thing. Yeah. Um, I thought it was kind of a lot when Cinderella was like, looks aren't the most important thing. And I'm like, one, you believe in love at first sight and you are incredibly beautiful. Shush. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny when like, and Anastasia actually points it out. She's like, yeah, but you're super pretty. She's like, it's fine. Yeah. And so, it, <laughs> okay. yeah. It's always funny when like the people who are like stunningly beautiful and like just conventionally gorgeous are coming forward and be like, it's not about looks. And it's like, mm, you say that. But that's because you are literally everything that society is looking for. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally with you there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, but uh, but ultimately, like, I do think it's it's it, it is it is still coming from a place of sincerity. I think, as yeah. misguided as that particular piece of advice is, it is still coming from a good place because oh, I, I agree. I, because you know she is still genuinely wanting to help her sister. Mm-hmm. Oh she's yeah, she's still absolutely. wanting that because you know if there's one thing that Cinderella does believe in, it's she believes in love, which is nice. Totally. So I just thought it was funny. <laughs> oh, hundred. Oh, it's absolutely ridiculous and hilarious. Uh, <laughs> And yeah, and I just think their whole interaction is very cute and it's very sweet. And I do like that you see that change in Anastasia. I do think they did a really good job of kind of shifting Anastasia's character and our view of Anastasia within the small time frame that they had. I do think that they did a really good job of that. I agree with you. Absolutely yeah. agree. Uh, what else have I got here? Um, <laughs> uh, I think the cat love story is very silly. Oh, it's super silly, but they have to have some B-plot, I guess. Oh, sure. I just feel like <laughs> Lucifer seems so sinister in the first movie, and now he's, like, got a makeover sequence. He's got a makeover montage, and this movie is so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but on, but I, I didn't... There wasn't really much I didn't like about this particular story. Oh, me neither. I just think all these things are silly and funny, not not yeah, criticisms. Absolutely. Like, I, I loved Anastasia picking up Lucifer and dancing with the cat because like that's I think that's very relatable to many of us. Oh, that's fully real life. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> who hasn't who hasn't picked up their fur baby and just danced in their room? Right. Um like. and then the last thing, the la- my last note is Anastasia says to the stepmother, we are going to the ball together. And the stepmother has the most dramatic gasp in all of Disney movies. And it was yeah. so funny. I cracked up. Just, yeah. we're going to the ball together. <gasps> it's so <Yeah>. good. <laughs> I thought that was great. So it was good. nice. It was nice when Anastasia like stood up to Lady Tremaine. I thought that was very great. Yeah, I agree. I loved it. It was very satisfying. Yeah. It was very satisfying. Because it, it, it's like... We had we had Cinderella going down her path and getting her happy ending and, you know, effectively 
forgetting all about Lady Tremaine because like if 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 anything of this story is indicative of anything, it's that once Cinderella got to the castle, she was like, "Yep, none of you are my family anymore." Yeah. Like she just completely like shafted them, which I'm not surprised, and honestly, I don't blame her. Uh, but it was so we so we kind of had that type. We had that kind of um, not rebellion, but that kind of uh, dismissal. Yeah, we had, we had Cinderella's side of the dismissal, and now we have Anastasia's side of the dismissal, which was a little more, which which is which was a different kind, but was still just as I feel like just as cathartic and just as satisfying. Because mm-hmm. like we didn't get a big blowout in the original, right? Yeah, which which uh, as we as we talked about like during that episode, like we we feel would have would not have been fully in Cinderella's character, mm-hmm. and so it was nice to get it from Anastasia where it would have made sense in her character. Yes, absolutely. And yeah. honestly, I think for Cinderella, like there is something to be said for living well is the best revenge. Uh-huh, like, 100%. what does she have to say? Like, <laughs> she, I mean, she wins. like. I mean, like, that's that's literally, like, the queer narrative. Yes. Like, like queer people, like, when, whenever, like, our families are just like, no, fuck you because you're queer and, like, you know, do the whole kicking us out of the house kind of thing. Yeah. The best, the, our best revenge is, like, you know what? Fine. I'm going to be over here living my best life and, you know, being happy. Yeah. And, like, that's that's literally, the, like, the best revenge that we can do, right? And 100%. so, like, I, I, I fully, I fully get that and I think it was great and it was just very cute to see Anastasia be happy for once. Yeah. Because I don't I don't think she was ever really happy. No, well what's to be happy about living in that house, eh? Yeah, I mean like you you're you're living you're basically living constantly under the thumb of your stepmother who only sees you as just as nothing more than a tool for her own uh I guess uh succession or for her own her own ascension, her own social climbing. I guess, I guess, I guess that would be it. Yeah. And so like, yeah. yeah. And so, but then the, God forbid you, you, you make your own decision. Like God forbid you decide to do something for yourself to make yourself happy, 100%. you know? So yeah, just all in all, it was great. And I think I, I, I firmly believe that this, this, this particular story in the anthology is absolutely the strongest one. And honestly is probably the only one worth watching. Yeah. I mean, like, watch them all. It's like an hour long plus 16 minutes of credits. But, like, yes, I completely agree with you. Yeah. And so, yeah, just I really, I really, really like this story. And then, of course, it ends in a ball and everyone's happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's gotta. It's gotta. It has to end in a ball because why the hell not? (laughs) Exactly. And then once that story's over, then we have, then we come back to the mice and they all finish the book and then they all take the book over to Cinderella and they all sing Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo and it's cute and it's adorable. And then they gift her the book and Cinderella's all happy and she's like, She's thrilled. She's thrilled. Would you all like to read it with me? And they're like, Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's all very sweet. So cute. And movie. And movie. And, and (laughs) and, And full, like, 15 minutes of credits. Yeah. I was like, Oh, it's an hour 17. No, it's not. No, no, it's not. It's not. You're fine. You you can watch it in an hour. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Cinderella too. Yeah. Come true. It's I, it's all right. It's all right, but you know it's paving the way for Cinderella three, which I hear is fantastic. So I'm very excited I, for yeah, that. Yeah, I hear the same thing. I hear it's. I also hear it's bonkers. Like yeah, but that's why I'm so excited. <laughs> 
Like I've I've seen a couple clips of it. Like the the prince has more of an actual role in this film, which I'm kind of excited about, just because I want to yeah. see what happens. Does he get but a like, name? I don't know. I'm excited uh, to find out, though. <laughs> it'd be hilarious if the entire movie they don't give him a name. Just call him Prince, like a dog. Yeah. <laughs> or just call him Prince, like Prince. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> that's just his thing. Wow, awesome. he's just a one name guy. Apparently, like. <laughs> He like he he jumps out of a window for he, reasons. Oh my god! It's really funny. It's weird. That's exciting. Anyway, yeah, I'm I'm genuinely excited for this story. Cute. Well, I yeah. me too. I am too. And that's next week, eh? Yup. Good. We deserve it. Yay! We deserve some ridiculous comedy. Well, we've been through a lot. We have been. <laughs> we watched this whole movie, and we watched live action Cinderella, and we're gonna watch it again. So, um, that's yes. how much we love you. Yes, because it must it, it it must be fresh. It must be fresh. Fresh. Oh my must, god, what a word. <laughs> mu- must be blood. Must oh be fresh. That, that that's a line from the musical Little Shop of Horrors. Anwar little... does not want blood. No, that's a little shop of horror. That's a little shop of horrors reference. Although oh, yeah. there is a connection for Little Shop of Horrors to Disney, and we'll get to it once we get there later. So it's fine. Oh, now that now I'm all excited. Okay, we got to record all the podcasts like one a day so I can get to that. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yes. Little Shop of Horrors is one of my favorite musicals of all time I, because it's written. I love that movie by one of the best lyricist and composing teams of all time, but I'm not going to tell you who they are today. All right, because, that's all I have because to say. it'll be a surprise, a surprise. once we get there. And I'm excited, yeah. Yeah. All right, so next week is Cinderella 3, uh, A Twist in Time, I believe it is called. A Twist in Time? Yeah, I think you're right. Something like that. It is It is called that. I don't know why I'm saying I think. I I saw it earlier. It is called that. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Uh, And then, yeah. And then we'll, so we'll get to that, and it'll be great, and we're excited. And we'll talk to you all next time. (laughs) See you real soon. Bye. Bye.